0: welcome everyone to another episode of slasher scotty i am your host scotty mccoy and boy do i have a surprise for all of you i have on the phone with me right now ken sagos that's how you pronounce it correct uh sagos what you say matters but what (laughs) can (laughs) sagos sounds great i like that and he played Kincaid in both A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, and A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Hey, Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for wanting me on your show. I'm, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming. We've been trying to make this happen for a, a months really. Absolutely. It's been, been at least a month, maybe two at the most. Maybe a little longer. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> So I'm glad we can make this happen. So the first question I got for you is, uh, how did you get your start into acting? I actually
1: got my start into acting back in the day when I was a security guard at Universal Studios. And I I couldn't afford to take classes. So by working at Universal Studios, I got a chance to um, look at professional actors and meet some of the great legends of yesterday. Hmm. And so my first job was with Jonathan Winters, a a, a legendary old comic that, you know, was like, that Robin Williams admired, and it was, um, in a movie called Say Yes, and I got it from doing a acting showcase, and the producers saw me, and they gave me my break, gave me my, helped me get my SAG card, and I was a professional after that.
0: That is awesome. That's really cool.
1: We wanted to talk about being on the screen, but prior before that, I was in Atlanta, and I worked at mm-hmm. Six Flags Over Georgia in a theater area called the Crystal Crystal. And I also did um, the Sid and Marty Croft years ago, mm-hmm. playing each other, stuff on stage.
0: Okay. So. Awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. So... I know when uh, we were we were you know officially confirming you know today we were talking and uh you mentioned that you are part of a uh, short film um it is called uh The Secret Weapon Yesterday is Today um so do you want to tell us a little bit about that and its crowdfunding
1: Yes it's a uh, crowdfunding the reason this uh this short is so special mm-hmm. because it's about children and mm-hmm. it's about children who taken a stand back in 1960, 1963 to mm-hmm. make this movement come to life and they had to go head to head with a one of the most ruthless racist diggers of the time wow. which was called Boer Connor look him up okay Boer Connor absolutely And he was <laughs> Friendly Freddy Krueger, to those kids. Hmm. I mean, he put four-year-old kids in the hog pen. That's insane. And they stood up against him. So I wanted to write a short film about that, mm-hmm. because it's called Yesterday Is Today, because if you take the pictures of what happened in 63 and put them next to the pictures of what's happening in the world now, mm-hmm. it looks the same, right. the identical thing. So, this is such a wonderful piece to do, and it's something for everybody to watch because children, children is not a, a, a section. Children mm-hmm. is everybody. And what those children did in '63 was looked at all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so, I need to support. And I have some wonderful perks that I'm signing autographed. I've never done this before. <laughs> All the horror films, if you just go and support me, go to the thefagoscompany.com, mm-hmm. and you can see a special section for horror fans. Okay. And I am personally signing uh, my picture and postcard for Nightmare 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. I am sending dog tags. I am sending book bookmarks, and I'm sending wristbands. Awesome. And all of it's going to support my film. But also, look at the four, the four crowdfunder. Okay. So uh, I it just went up yesterday, and I'm getting a lot of great response. Mm-hmm. And I hope you all can support me. If That's you have neat. any questions, you can uh, go on Facebook, contact me. I would answer them. I need to raise $60,000. Awesome. And one of the reasons is because I'm using children. Mm-hmm. And when you use children, you have to have a teacher on the set. You have to have a social worker on the set. And because of COVID, you know, it's a whole big mess. But this is a story that is not a horror film, but what was done to those children Absolutely. was horrible. And Bo O'Connor was the first Freddy
0: Krueger, I might say. <laughs> wow, that, that's crazy, though. And I'll definitely look into it, and I'll definitely help you out as well and support you. I'll even uh, post the uh, campaign on my Facebook and all my social media as well for you as well to get you, you know, to reach Easy. as much as we can.
1: And you're getting some great perks. I mean, you're getting some. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm personally signing each one of them Right. myself.
0: Awesome.
1: And if they go to the major...
0: Um, site, and if they do a hundred dollar port, per, I
1: call them and thank them. Right, <laughs> I, I <laughs> called them personally and thank them. That's awesome. So yeah, so that's what it is. It's dot
0: com. Absolutely and definitely, let me know, especially when it releases, because I know my partner would love to watch that. Uh, would love to watch that documentary as well. He's big and uh, into that stuff, and especially. By,
1: and by the way, my last short that I did. Yep. Uh, won over 200 awards nice. internationally. Nice. And I got, and I won, I think it was 28 Best Director Awards, and it won about 40 something Best right. screen. So, um, uh, you you it's a great investment and it's going to be in good
0: hands. Absolutely. And I mean, there is no better hands than, you know, of somebody of your stature, you know, you're an actor, you know, you're in the public eye as well. And you're respectable, you're respected, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's some unknown person looking to raise funds, you know what I mean? Just for to make a movie and they don't do no, this is going to go somewhere and this is going to, you know, basically bring awareness to something that should be, you know, brought, you know, brought to attention.
1: Bring awareness. What most people mm-hmm. don't know is that it was children that gave the power back to the Civil Rights Movement. Mm-hmm. That bill that was passed in uh, the Civil Rights Bill that was passed in 1964, yeah. it was children that gave the momentum back to that. Absolutely. It wasn't. Adults. It was children mm-hmm. as young as four years old that took to the streets. This man put kids in the jail <laughs> at four years old. Crazy. And I highlight that in this short film. It's going to be a wonderful, moving short film. Right. And you're going to see, so you you get a chance to see some horror.
0: Right. Not, <laughs> <type of> <laughs> Absolutely, but it's it's definitely something like you like we all said. It should be a it's something that you know bring awareness to it, and definitely uh, for everybody listening. Uh, I mean, if there's say a million people listening to this right now, like once I post this and everything, there's a million people listening. If, you ever, if each of you only donated a dollar, that would be a million dollars raised. Yes, because I need a minimum. Sixty thousand to
1: even begin to do this right. Absolutely. And let me say, I have sixty thousand up there. And let me say that, and it's a crowdfunder. So, if I raise the sixty thousand, by the time they keep, they take their Mm -hmm. percentage out and everything, I won't get that. So, if. But well, the, the perks are just wonderful. Yes. And, you know, if you, just, just look at them. They're just wonderful. Absolutely. And colorful. And going to be signed by me. Now, you went to see me in a um, a convention and you want me to sign all the stuff that you get, it will be clearly about 150 to $175. Nice. Nice. So.
0: That's awesome. That's great. So definitely uh yeah, definitely keep me updated on that as well and uh, I'll also post when like, you know, the progress of it. Of course the Indiegogo. Um I'll post about when it is released. So definitely keep me updated on that and I'll make sure that we get the word out. Yes, I, yes. I'm yes. so pleased if you can support yep. just go on and just you can donate and give five dollars or whatever. Exactly. like
1: you said, if a million people just gave me a dollar,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: can make short film Highly respectful, and I'm also going to be entered into the Academy Award short film category, going to be on uh, Filmways, so it can be seen all over the world, but I really need your help and support.
0: Perfect, definitely, we'll definitely do what we can to make that happen as well. So, not a problem so going now right into Nightmare on Elm Street we'll start off with uh, the first film that you were in obviously uh, Three Dream Warriors so what was your audition like for a Nightmare on Elm Street Three the Dream Warriors oh
1: man Scotty <laughs> it, it, it was funny because you see I had never seen Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. I did not know what it was I was a southern guy that just <laughs> came the Hollywood a few you know a few mm-hmm. years and what they was asking for in the breakdowns. Now, for those who don't know what the breakdowns are, is that it's where the casting directors was send out uh, uh, messages to all the agents and managers, telling, "This is what we are looking for. This mm-hmm. is the type of character that we are looking for." Right. And I say that because the character that they was looking for was a slim, muscular. Uh Guy, and it was a white guy, Kim Kate was originally white okay, and so um, and so my agent got me in on that audition. He didn't mm-hmm. think I was going to book it; he just wanted me to meet the casting director, mm-hmm. so when he wanted me to go down i I didn't want to go because it was raining, I had to go to court, and the audition was way across town. Mm-hmm. And from where I lived, I had to go all the way east <laughs> in the rain, no car. Catch two buses to get there, and then catch three buses to get to the audition. So when I got there, I was extremely irritable, had an attitude, didn't want to be there.
0: Right.
1: I just fit what they was looking for.
0: Right.
1: So when I walked in, there was all these guys looking nice. Hmm. And I wasn't going to be able to catch my bus home on <laughs> time. Right. So I was angry again. So I was rushing. So when I finally got chance to go in, Scottie, I really had an attitude. It was a real attitude. I didn't want to be there.
0: Right.
1: And the director thought I was acting.
0: <laughs>
1: but that's what was coming off. And it was the scene. Where I was cussing Freddy Krueger out, and so I told him that a black guy would not say this, Mm -hmm. and he said, say it how you would say it, and I cussed him out, Mm -hmm. and so when I got home, he just said, okay, fine, you can go, and so when I got home, this was pre-sale phones and Mm -hmm. all of that, when I got home, my answering machine was lit up. Mm-hmm. I think you could only have 35 or something, but it was way past 35, and all of them was my agent. He was angry. He, he sounded angry. He said, Call me. Call me. What did you do? Call me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, and just as I was listening, he called again. Mm-hmm. And I picked up the phone, and it was David Wilder, and he said, What did you do? And I said, David, I told you, I did not want to go. And he said, they loved you <laughs>
0: nice that's, that's
1: how I got it i i you
0: know that's awesome. but let me
1: say that that didn't work on the next audition
0: though <laughs> 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 you have to
1: pick the auditions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it seems that way, but that definitely worked this time. And hey, I mean, you became you know an icon, obviously, in in horror and slasher. I mean, Kincaid is one of them characters that you just can't forget. You know what I mean? He's just uh, he's an amazing character, and I mean, he had definitely his dream power of super strength was really cool as well.
1: And also, I I um, I, I always say, but most people don't still don't know um, that. Kincaid, as a black actor, was the first African-American nice. to ever survive a major international horror film and return to a sequel.
0: And it's funny so, you mention that because I have that as one of my questions. Yes. yes <laughs> I can't it, wait it, to talk it, about that.
1: I, but you see, I had no clue Right. the magnitude of what this character represented.
0: Yep, This definitely.
1: character did not represent... A, a a black race. It represented a minority race. It mm-hmm. represented um, anyone who didn't have courage. Yep. It represented anyone who was pushed in the corner and had nowhere to go but to fight back.
0: Right. It
1: represented. It wasn't a black thing. It was just a. I was just a black actor playing this role. Right. And um, so people don't look at Kincaid as a black actor, they look at Kincaid as a character who had no choice but to fight back and he was going to give his all. And Kincaid was the only one at the time that had a natural dream, a a dream, you know, like Ira was, they all, they had magic. Mm -hmm. They had certain things but yeah. Kincaid's dream was reachable
0: mm-hmm.
1: to the yeah. average person. It was reachable. Kincaid had strength, and he mm-hmm. had strength with his mouth. He yeah. could talk back to Freddy Krueger just <laughs> as bad as Freddy Krueger could talk back
0: to him. Absolutely. So. Definitely. So what was the best part about filming A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, and what is the worst?
1: Oh, the best part was to check
0: but, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! That's a great answer. I love that.
1: <laughs> uh, I think the best part was, you know, it was um, I got a chance to work with a lot of young, talented like myself. We was right. young. We we became friends, and what Chuck Russell did, mm-hmm. which I think was brilliant, he. He got us together. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of get-togethers with the kids before we stepped foot on the set. Right. And the first thing that we filmed was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. It was that scene where I met, which I think is a great big brother to me at the time, and it was Lawrence Fishburne,
0: mm-hmm. who...
1: Took me to the side and taught me how to do physical acting. Nice. And, um, but that was the first thing that we filmed. So mm-hmm. that helped because we truly cared about each other
0: mm-hmm. in
1: that room. That was the room where I said, F you, you set out. That was that part. Mm-hmm. That's what we filmed. Nice. And it was because we had gotten to know each other as friends. Mm hmm. And we didn't just come and meet that day and become actors.
0: Right. We
1: were friends, awesome. acquaintances that met that day and looked out for each other. Nice. And, and then Nancy walked in and we had not met Nancy mm-hmm. Helva Camp. Yeah. So when she walked in, there was some truth, some honest truth. Some original truth to that moment,
0: mm-hmm. nice.
1: and and I think that had a lot to do with this, this scene, and that was that was one of my favorite moments. Really, it was one of nice. my it was a teachable moment, it was a get together moment, and it was the first time I had to perform like in a group like that. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what about the worst? Was there any worse parts? The worst? Yeah. The
1: last day when I wasn't going to be working anymore,
0: so... <laughs> Good point.
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I can't think of anything that was worse, you know, I because I was a young man that was also trying, still working as a writer. Right. So I was working on a couple of screenplays that I was trying to get out. So, whenever I wasn't filming, mm-hmm. I went to my dressing room and I would write and I was like doing my little marketing stuff. Nice. So, uh, if you alluding to that it was some friction on the set, if it was, I never drove down that road because right. I never saw. So, right. and that is the honest truth. Now I saw some things that, as I look back, that maybe that what was going on, but I was too wrapped up in trying to right. be focused because I was trying to give my best because my best now will help me for my best in the next project.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, what was it like working with uh, Robert England?
1: Uh, Robert England, how I explain Robert England, <laughs> because if you listen to Robert mm-hmm. for 10 minutes, because he has a wealth of knowledge, mm-hmm. a trained Shakespearean actor who has studied and worked with the great Laurence Olivier and all of those, if you listen to him talk about his history, and his journey in life for 10 minutes, you would feel like you have sat down mm-hmm. at a Harvard speech class Wow! and learned a wealth of knowledge. Nice. I've never been around Robert England to this day. All right. I've never been around him and listened to him and did not learn something at my old ass now. But, <laughs> 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 but he, the Robert England. Sitting in the dressing room, listening to him talk, because he was a given man. He was an energetic man. He was a man of life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: To hear him talk in that seat and putting on that makeup. And mind you, when I went to makeup, Mm -hmm. Robert England had been in that makeup chair at least three hours prior to my coming to get my 15 minutes. Wow. But he still had a glow. Right. But God, when he <laughs> stepped on that set, it was not Robert England. I think that's why we could experience the acting with Freddy Krueger so well, yeah. because he was not Robert England. And Absolutely. that's why I think it's some wonderful actors out there. That
0: can do Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. but that would never ever be another Robert England. Absolutely, absolutely. And like even like I I can watch to an extent the 2010 reboot of A Nightmare on Elm Street, but I can't. I mean, Jackie Earl Haley did a good job as Freddy Krueger for what they were going for in that. But to me, Robert England is, is is the ultimate Freddy Krueger. You know what I mean? Like. You, you, you can't, I mean, I just, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's just I love Robert England and he's such a brilliant mind and he is a brilliant actor and I've interviewed a few people from A Nightmare on Elm Street and they all had praise for him and how brilliant of an actor he is and like just him performing the role of Freddy Krueger was perfection. you yeah, well,
1: I don't believe, I, I, I don't believe he have gotten his, Choice role yet, right? You know, yep. Robert England. If he get another great role, that's completely on the other side of mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger. You know, he's just a phenomenal actor to me. He's yep. one that you, you know. There are actors that you can watch and learn mm-hmm. how to be better. There are actors you can watch and learn and enjoy. Mm-hmm. There are actors you can watch and and appreciate. But Robert is one of those you can watch, appreciate, yeah. educate, and learn.
0: Absolutely. And
1: I'm, I'm not blowing smoke at the man. I'm just telling you how I see it. Mm-hmm. There's about five of those actors that I like like that, and he's one of them.
0: Absolutely, and I couldn't agree with you anymore. I mean, he, he really is a brilliant actor like like you said he has he's like everything that you can possibly learn and need to know from acting you can simply get from watching him or talking with him or whatever you know what i mean it's just he's that good like he really is he's brilliant you know with
1: three i have to say this and i'm just, it's just with me because mm-hmm. i don't know how everybody else take right. it. on nightmare three you know, I do believe in in, in the Holy Spirit. I, I, I believe mm-hmm. that I was blessed with three actors that I learned from. Mm-hmm. I learned from. Mm-hmm. I learned from Robert England. I learned from Helva Lendenkamp. Mm-hmm. and I learned from Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. I left there, paid. Way more than I would ever be paid, because the money was good. But learning from those actors mm-hmm. made me a rich man.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I, I'm going to just say it that way, mm-hmm. because so often we overlook how great hell the and Camp were. Absolutely. Was. And you know, and and with Robert. And that's how I, I felt. Everybody mm-hmm. was great in there. But uh, the general, <laughs> the lieutenant general, and the captain, it was those
0: three. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, so the next question I got for you is, uh, So um, what was the hardest part about bringing your character of Kincaid to life as an actor?
1: Um, it wasn't really hard. Mm -hmm. As as I look and think Mm -hmm. back, I think because Craig, um, Chuck Russell, Mm -hmm. um, Chuck Russell gave a little leeway because he realized that this character was written for a white actor, I believe, originally. So he allowed me to put some of my nuances in there. Okay, awesome. And so it wasn't as hard mm-hmm. as I I I went in it to be, you know, because once we was in like again, I am gonna go back to that first scene. Once we was in that scene in that when we was all sitting in a circle together, Real. we all created the character. Yeah. Right there. And that character was created and that was sealed, from all of us. Mm-hmm.
0: Took us through the movie. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what did you think about your character having super strength?
1: I could relate to it. <laughs> I, 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 I guess because I've always liked comic books.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I liked Superman. I had read Black Panther you know, before right. everybody knew about Black Panther. <laughs> and as a young African-American man, I've always wanted to be a, a, a superhero. Right. So I felt that I was being my own imaginative superhero that I awesome. had created that's awesome. in my head. And I think that's what happened, and... Some things happen, and they just happen, and I
0: can't explain it, you know. Right. I, that's just what it was. Absolutely. That definitely. So when you were filming the scenes in Dreamland where there was the fire and everything like that, like the boi- possibly the boiler room, so what was that set made of? Was it like a green screen, or how was all of that made to look like it was an actual boiler room?
1: The boiler room? Yes. None of that stuff was there. Okay. <laughs> that was... <laughs> That was the wonderful special effects that came on after that. Okay. Now, when we was going down in the ballroom, is that what you're talking about? No, we're talking about part three, right?
0: Yeah, part three. When you, yes.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, Because I was, I had drifted into four, but (laughs) uh, what it was hot. It was actually at a old police warehouse, downtown Los Angeles, across from the police jail. Okay. And um, it was really hot in there, but one thing I remember them using is they had a lot of red lights in there, you know, Mm -hmm. the the red lights in there to give the effect. Right. But it was really, truly hot in there. And um, uh, but that's all that I, I remember about.
0: Okay. That. Awesome. And the last question I got for you from a Nightmare Three that I have right now is uh, is uh, like it's not it's a simple question. It's more of a not like a question to be answered so to speak, but why was Kincaid always sent to the quiet room? Why? <laughs> why? I, I think I think he was sent to the quiet
1: room because he was there's a lot of he was a balling up, he was a lot of anger in him. Right. And he refused to go to sleep. And so he, and this is my take on it, is that because he wasn't afraid to say what was on his mind. Right. And because he was, wasn't was afraid to say what was on his mind, you know, you know, they wanted to keep him away from everybody. They thought he could have hurt himself or mm-hmm. hurt other people, I'm going to say. Hurt other people because uh, mm-hmm. it couldn't have been hurting himself because if that was true, he would have been... Wrapped in a uh, jacket. Right. But I think they thought he would hurt him, hurt other people. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, great question. I've never been asked that question.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. I,
1: <laughs> I, I've never been asked that question. It's, it's so nice to get the fresh questions.
0: Everyone. Absolutely, that's what I I always try to do. That especially when I have an interview up, usually the day of and the day before, I usually like to search out interviews that my guest would have. That way, I can you know maybe ask some things that they've maybe been asked before, so I can you know bring it to a fresh you know bring it to my show for people that may have not heard those. But also, I like to ask questions that really wasn't asked to the guests before because it it makes it fresh for them and it makes it fresh to the listening audience. Yeah. Yes. So going into Nightmare 4, um, how were you approached on being brought back to A Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master?
1: Uh, you know, it was funny because I don't know if this is what they did to keep actors in line. Uh, about three weeks before I was told that I was coming back, the role of Ken Kate was in the mm-hmm. breakdown. So I didn't know if I was coming back. Right. I know that popularity wise I was coming back. Right. But I don't know if I was officially coming back. Mm-hmm. Um so um that that was it. Me and Rodney was brought back. There wasn't a script at the time. Okay. Because the writers was on strike. Mm. So when we met with uh Highland, mm-hmm. Highland, to the director to um, talk to him. He just talked with us, and right. they gave us a um, what a breakdown of what was going to happen.
0: Okay,
1: I think the reason it took so long, they was trying to bring Patricia or kit back, right? And they couldn't come to a medium bring her back I have no idea why she didn't come back mm-hmm. uh, we have not ever talked about that mm-hmm. but um, I think if she had come back I probably would have lived longer in this,
0: the movie right. right? Because, but because she didn't come back they
1: wanted to at least get rid of the old uh, students and move on to the new ones so it made sense that Rodney and myself and Tuesday Night who by the way played
0: a wonderful Kristen Mm -hmm. she made it her own yep um agreed she was the first one to
1: greet Rodney now on the set she just another flower I'm going to say just another flower Uh, nice and um that was it I mean I have nothing to say that we we came on, we did our due, and we passed it on to um, the new crew, and that's, that's awesome. what happened. And we were determined that we was going to do it and make it hard for the new crew by giving <laughs> a better performance than we did before.
0: Absolutely, that's the only, that's the only thing. That was there. Absolutely. So, what was the best part about filming Nightmare Four, and what was the worst? Same question as part three. <laughs> okay, the,
1: the night, the, the night, the best part was the junkyard scene. Nice. The junkyard scene, uh, that was, because, you know, it was just me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Me, Robert, and the dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just me, and it was, and we filmed it, man, we filmed it, like, at night, uh, at nighttime. I mean, nice. I had to be at, uh, they didn't seem to like, I had to be on the set, like, around 6 o'clock in the
0: mm-hmm.
1: evening, and we would be filming until, like, 5 o'clock in the morning. Nice. And so it was cold. Yeah. It was actually a junkyard that they had really built for that. And it was, man, I keep saying it was cold. And (laughs) now the worst part about it, and Robert could tell you, the scene where he killed me Mm -hmm. was the very last scene. Right. For some reason, that was a very emotional scene. Right. I often joke about it, but it was a very emotional scene because Robert had become the big brother to us.
0: Right, absolutely. Oh, and
1: oh, I often said he was, he was someone. I don't know about other sets. Let me say this. I don't know about other sets. I don't know about the other mm-hmm. horror family mm-hmm. and everything like this. But what I know about Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm -hmm. what i know about us kids on nightmare on elm street the dream warriors and the dream masters what i truly know about us is that we are like family yeah and Rhonda and i and helen and i um you know jennifer we don't see each other right every day sometimes we don't see each other for years Mm -hmm. but when we do see each other it's like we just saw each other yesterday and I have some active friends that are like that to me. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I love about my industry, part of the industry is that I've made, I made and I still have some wonderful friends and the nightmare on Elm Street, yes. um, cast and crew or mm-hmm. family. But, I, something I have to say. Yeah, go ahead. I know I'm talking. I have to say is that we are who we are. Mm-hmm. As you call us horror icons. Right. Because of fans. Yeah. And I appreciate the fans.
0: Right. Absolutely. Of the
1: horror fans, mm-hmm. to me, are the most lawyer group of fans in all mm-hmm. of grouphood. <laughs> right. <laughs> the lawyer. So I'm who I am because of you and I, I I someone and I say this because someone um sent me a message the other day mm-hmm. they was angry because I didn't get back in touch with them. And then I tell you sometime I get two or three hundred messages mm-hmm. a day. Right and I don't get to everybody. Exactly. So I just wanna be able to say this here. I I, I do appreciate the fans. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those appreciate the fans. And when I go to these, co- these conventions, all my signatures goes toward an organization I started called the Giving Back Corporation, nice. where I pay for kids' books when they go to college. That's awesome. As a matter of fact, at the end of this week, I'm going to be giving out 10 scholarships uh, to college-bound students That's across awesome. the United States, so it's not
0: just in one area. Right. That's awesome. That's really cool. And, and one thing I can say is that like me doing these interviews, like it started out and it is to this very day. I started doing interviews in 2016, 2017. I interviewed over a hundred different celebrities, most of which are in the horror industry. I don't do this for money. I don't make a lot of money from this, if any at all. Like these literally go up to my YouTube and to the podcasting platforms. And I just do it because I am a fan of especially 80s horror, and I started it, and I do it to this day just as a fan, and I do it to let all of the other fans enjoy the interviews, like, I am not the type of person to, like, like, you know, that is gonna, like, be a journalist and try to get, you know, these type of uh, scandals or these like uh, is this is this person really mean on set or like or try to basically make up make a headlines i do this because i enjoy it and i want the fans that subscribe to me on youtube or listen to my podcast to actually be you know to enjoy these interviews as well and I, like I said, I'm a fan. I've started this as a fan. I grew up on these films, and I interview them because I enjoy it. It's my hobby. Like, I have a full-time job you with the U.S. Coast Guard. enjoy
1: what you do. It a lot of yep. times people think you have more right. because you continue to do what you enjoy doing. Right. And I, you know, and for me, for every... Um, Film I've done, a book I sold, mm-hmm. I have helped put a kid through college. It that's yeah. me. That's that's a legacy to me. Absolutely. And like I said, when this one fan felt that I disrespected him by not responding to him, mm-hmm. I will tell you it bothers me. Mm-hmm. I don't know about anybody else because I I I enjoy having a heart.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: I enjoy having a heart that gives. And so that's why I, I with every interview I decided today that anybody interview me, I'm if you have just one or two fans, I wanna be able to say thank you. Absolutely. Because you're listening to me because you say you admire me. Mm-hmm. I'm able to sit here because you made me. Absolutely. And thank you. So I so I appreciate you talking to me right. and
0: Absolutely.
1: And, and everything well, and we have this, this type of
0: chat you know yeah absolutely and i appreciate you obviously for agreeing to it because i have some people that aren't able to do it because their schedules don't permit it sometimes they'll say that they're either not interested or that they're or that they just uh their schedules aren't busy swing around you know in a month or two or whatever whatever the reason is I, I i mean if they say no it's no i mean no reason to get mad about it you know what i mean like it's it's just, I mean, sometimes they, they do so many... People do, like, you know, celebrities, they do a lot of interviews. Like, the actors, they do a lot of interviews. they Sometimes they want to break, you know? And sometimes, like, they can't get back. Like you said, you get 200 emails a day, you know? If that, like, minimum. Like, that's a lot of emails to respond to. There's no way you're going to be able to respond to all of them, in, you know, at least in a timely manner, because that's a lot but of emails. You can't. You, you
1: can't. And, and so, but, you know, it, and let me defend the fan. Let me defend... Yeah. Because the fan does they can't see it that way. Right. And that's okay. Yep. And I'm, and I'm not upset at that. That is okay. Yeah. I'm just simply saying is that for the most people, there are very, very <laughs> few people that's walking around with evil in their heart, mm-hmm. if any. Yeah. Most people do not live the way we're painted. Mm-hmm when we make a mistake most people don't and so and and that's why i'm i'm doing this short film Mm -hmm. because i can't i don't want to wait for hollywood to deem that i can do something right i want to do it myself
0: absolutely absolutely if if you waited for hollywood you could be waiting you know a month to 20 years i mean the how do you get it out is when you want it out by doing it yourself
1: But by doing it yourself. And so, and I, and that's why I ask for your help. Absolutely. You know, and and, it's as simple as that. Absolutely. I can't, just plainly, the best things in life are the simple things.
0: Yes, it is. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's as simple as that. (laughs) Just, Just simply ask. Absolutely. Can you help me?
1: And if you get a no, that's it. And most people... Who say no are not saying it because of anything, but they probably can't do it. And if they don't want to do it,
0: that's mm-hmm. enough. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, even when I when I get a, like you know an agent or somebody, or uh, or even the, the the actor themselves that message me back and they say, "I'm sorry, I won't be able to do your interview or whatever." I will simply say respond back to them, and I'll be like, "Well, thank you for responding back to me because it took time. They took time out of their schedule to still respond back to me. So I'm like, like, thank yeah. you. I truly appreciate you responding back to me. Um, and if they change their mind, just you know, let me know. We'll make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well,
1: we went through the same thing.
0: Yeah, we we went through the same thing until it got to a point that I had absolutely
1: to say, I hope you're still interested. So, yep. So, Everybody once you realize that your value Yeah your value Yeah is valuable.
0: Yes it is.
1: Your value is valuable. And once you realize that whoever you talk to, you know, you know, if they're asking you for something, mm-hmm. you're valuable.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So the last question I got for you on a nightmare on Elm Street Four is uh, how was your death scene prepped and filmed? I was my what? Your death scene, prepped and filmed. How,
1: uh, well, they, I had to go in and be fitted for a, two stomachs, you know, because I had to wear like a, Mm -hmm. a sharp metal, metal over my real stomach, and then Mm -hmm. there was another one. So when he stuck me with the razors that was, there was one the real razor
0: absolutely okay so
1: it wouldn't go to my skin
0: mm-hmm. awesome
1: so they, they prepped me with that um and they had um fake blood mm-hmm. that was in a uh, um I think that was sticking up in front i mean so when he mm-hmm. pushed the blades in there was someone that had like a was pumping blood out. I don't right. think they showed all of that, right? Uh, because it was two crows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but um, that's how I prepped with it. It was awesome, it was
0: wonderful. Awesome, and th- that's the thing. The MP I I don't know if they were the reason why the, the scene was cut down or not, but uh, the MP was brutal in the 80s to a lot of slasher movies, yeah, they were very brutal. So the last question I got for you is, uh, now, overall, is like, do you have any other projects in the works that you'd like to promote, any appearances, websites, social media accounts that you would like to plug to our listening audience?
1: Well I, well, like I said, as we talk, started off, I'm yep. trying to raise money for my short film, yep. and that is the secret weapon, and you go to the com. Okay. My last name company dot com the Sago's mm-hmm. company and there's a link where you can go and you can buy some wonderful items. It's awesome. a, a link that's specifically for the horror family. Awesome. And then there's the crowdfunding that I hope that you can look at that too. Absolutely. And you know anything that you can do to help. And you if you go to the link. I mean, the crowdfunding, the full crowdfunding, mm-hmm. you can support with five, ten uh, dollars dollars yeah. or whatever. Absolutely. But if you go to the horror, that's specifically for horror, and I'm going to personally sign and send things out uh, that you would love, like a dog tag, um, a bookmark, a right. postcard with a Nightmare 3 and a Nightmare 4 picture on it and which has never been at the conventions and a nightmare three and nightmare four risk ban awesome and you have those choices and so and that's a package deal awesome and if you can support me tell people help me get mm-hmm. this sixty thousand dollars
0: absolutely please. definitely do you have any upcoming conventions, appearances? I know COVID's still going on, but I don't know if you I, have anything. I'm too.
1: supposed to be in Las Vegas okay. next month. Awesome. I think it's the the uh, uh, second weekend in May of next month. Okay. And I'm supposed to be, I'm not sure, I don't have it in front of me, mm-hmm. in Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. I believe that's yes, in September sometime. I'm not sure, awesome. but you know. But I'm I'm doing whatever I can
0: to right. get
1: my project done. You
0: know, get my <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I thank you so much, Ken, for joining me.
1: Okay, I appreciate it, and you know, and um. I hope your fans are hearing this. They yep. support me. At least check it out.
0: Absolutely. And like Please. I said, I'll, I'll post the link all over my social media. I have a couple thousand followers on all, on all across all of my social media platforms. So I'll definitely okay. uh, share that out and get the word out for you.
1: And I thank you so much, man. Yep,
0: I thank you, too. I truly appreciate and, and it. And let's
1: come back and do this again when I finish the short.
0: Absolutely. I would I would be honored to do that. Okay, I appreciate right. it. Yep, you have a good rest thank of you. your day. Yep, okay. bye okay. Bye-bye.